is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. One of the things I do not do here is speed race through events, issues, topics. We take our time and we go through them. This drives some of my colleagues in this business crazy because they don't know what else to do. But that's okay. Now, are you getting bored yet with this Russia stuff? Are you getting bored yet? You know, yesterday's show, I, I provide context. Context. I didn't think it was that big a deal. What the president said, in some respects, deserved criticism. But he didn't get criticism. He got Pearl Harbor and Kristallnacht and 9-11. He's a traitor, they said. He's committed treason, they said. He should be impeached. He's un-American. Do those sound like rational responses to the press conference that took place in Helsinki? The president's critics have gone much further than the president did. And today he clarified what he was saying. Does anybody really believe that given what Trump has done with Russia, that he's sold out to Russia? And so we hang on his every syllable, whether it's a tweet or it's a press conference. And his enemies of the hard left, of the never-Trumpers, even in the Republican Party, but certainly in the vast majority of the media whether it's this or Stormy Daniels or whatever it is, they don't let go. Last week, the president was running apparently Nazi internment camps and Japanese uh, concentration camps. This is sick stuff. The overreaction is absolutely nuts. And then there are some conservatives, pseudo-conservatives in some cases, who think this is the moment to build their credibility, to show that they can criticize Trump, and at the same time criticize the left because they're objective analysts. That's okay. I'm a principled conservative, and that's how I come at this. I don't know what an objective analyst is. I know what principles are. And so I look at this in the big scheme of things, and I hear that John McCain, God bless him, has said this is pretty much the worst a president has ever done with the Russians. Now, that's absolutely nuts. At the bottom of this hour, I'm going to have a friend of mine on the program, Professor Paul Kengor of Grove City, who is an expert on the Cold War. And he is going to explain, based on what I read in an American Spectator, the difference between Trump's words and what happened in Yalta in 1945 with FDR and Stalin. And what happened with JFK and Khrushchev in 1961? Or what happened with Ford 
and Brezhnev and the Helsinki Accords in 1975. And Carter and Brezhnev in Vienna. Big wet kiss in 1979. These are real actions, real decisions that had real consequences on the lives of millions in the case of Yalta and the Helsinki Accords. In Yalta, FDR sold out half of Europe to Stalin. One of his top advisors was Alger Hiss. Turns out he was a Soviet spy. FDR is loved by the Democrats, loved by the media. But they say if you bring this up, you're diverting. Not diverting. This is called history in context. John Kennedy. The Democrats will never criticize him. The media will never criticize him. He himself in 1961 said that Khrushchev rolled him in their meeting. That he looked weak. 1975, Gerald Ford in Helsinki with the Helsinki Accords with Brezhnev, 35 other countries. Effectively recognizing the territorial sovereignty of the Soviet Union, which included the captive nations of Eastern Europe. Reagan was furious about it. This is one of the reasons he decided to challenge Ford. That was Ford. And if you think Trump was slobbering all over Putin, go back to 1979 when Carter literally kissed Brezhnev in Vienna. And then, of course, there's Ted Kennedy, which Professor Kengor has explored and exposed in great detail in 1983-84, conspiring with the Kremlin to defeat Ronald Reagan. The Democrats are in no position to be attacking Trump the way they're attacking him as a result of the press conference. And then when you look at what Trump has done vis-a-vis Russia, which again, apparently you're not supposed to. You're just supposed to look at the press conference. He's head and shoulders over what Obama did. He's arming the Ukrainians, which Obama refused to do. The Poles and the Czechs, They're getting their defense equipment, their Patriot missiles, which Obama pulled. Crimea wasn't annexed when Trump was president. It was annexed when Obama was president. Eastern Ukraine wasn't occupied when Trump was president. It was occupied when Obama was president. And Georgia goes all the way back to George W. Bush, if I recollect properly. Obama eviscerating the military, Trump trying to build it up. Trump trying to build up NATO, expanding NATO. Specifically calling out the Germans doing enormous amount of business with natural gas and the Russians. He did it, and he was attacked for it. There he was bold, but there they said, that's undiplomatic. Guy can't win with with the North Koreans. He's pounding little rocket man. He's got significant military assets off the Korean Peninsula. Then we're told he's going to take us to war, nuclear war. Then after the summit with the North Koreans, he's called a sellout. The Chinese have claimed control over the South China Sea. That is a big deal. And they built these phony islands. They were building these phony islands under Obama, who did nothing. Even worse. Even worse, Obama helped to arm the Iranian regime in Iran 
in Tehran that has killed hundreds of American soldiers, that is the largest state-sponsored terrorism, $150 billion. Trump said, no, we're not doing that anymore. Pulls out. He's attacked by the very people, by the very people in Congress and in the media who call him a sellout. Now, I am not a special pleader for Donald Trump. But I am not a Trump hater either. And you look at his actions. You look at his actions. And you need to be rational about this. The people who are really over the edge are some of these critics. Many of whom are in the media using terms that are just so abhorrent. Abhorrent. Repulsive, as a matter of fact. And Professor Ken Gore, who will be on the program in 15 minutes, he has a great piece in the American Spectator. He says, a culture of pinkos and fellow travelers has become the new John Birch Society. Nancy Pelosi wakes up every day wondering what the Ruskies are up to. Every single day, tweeted the San Francisco Democrat turned cold warrior. I find myself asking, what do the Russians have on Donald Trump personally, financially, and politically? The answer to that question is the only thing that explains his behavior and his refusal to stand up to Putin. Gee, Congresswoman, I never knew you were such a Russia hawk. Actually, I never knew the entirety of the Democrat Party and the progressive movement was such saber-rattling hardliners. Obama CIA chief John Brennan claims that President Trump is wholly in the pocket of Putin. During the Cold War, John Brennan was wholly for Gus Hall to be president of the United States. And Gus Hall was wholly in the pocket of the Kremlin. In fact, the Kremlin put in the pocket of Gus and his Communist Party USA millions of dollars in illegal subsidies every year. But John Brennan, too, is now a Russia hawk. He's gunning for the Ruskies. And by the way, as you know, he voted for Gus Hall. What is it with you liberals, writes Ken Gore? Do you see a bugaboo, FDR's phrase, to ridicule Congressman Martin dies under every bed? What's next? Democrats, a resurrection of the House Committee on Un-American Activities? Maybe Maxine Waters grilling staffers in the Trump White House. Are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Congresswoman, have you no shame? It's only a matter of time before Hillary Clinton heads to Wheeling, waving a list of 205 Russian spies in the Trump State Department. There's old tail gunner Joe Biden to charge Trump with a conspiracy so immense. This hypocrisy is outrageous. It's outrageous that it took charges of Russian meddling against Hillary Clinton to finally make progressives give a damn about the dangerous deceit of the Kremlin. President Donald Trump had a golden opportunity on Monday to stare down Russian President Vladimir Putin and tell him in no uncertain terms that Russia's meddling in the 2016 election was totally unacceptable and that if anything like it continued going forward, there'd be a major and serious penalties to pay fume CNN's Chris... Uh, Saliza. Saliza called it the most shameful, stunning moment of the Trump presidency. Hey, but heck, Chris, that's nothing compared to the shameful, stunning shooting down of Korean airliner 007 in September 1983, or the shameful, stunning shooting down of Pope John Paul II in May 1981, merely two totally unacceptable actions committed while Putin was at the KGB in the 1980s, 
Ronald Reagan called the USSR an evil empire for such deadliness, and liberals howled in protest. But those nasty Russians, they crossed the line when they went after Hillary's White House bid. For a hundred years, the Kremlin has engaged in misinformation, murder, and mayhem. The Russian word for disinformation, disformitsya. I wrote the foreword to a book on the subject titled Disinformation by the Highest-Ranking Soviet Bloc Defector, Lieutenant Colonel Ayat Mahali Pesipa. Liberals never gave a rip about Russian agitprop. Quite the contrary, they dismissed it as paranoia by red-baiting right-wingers. The Russians orchestrated deliberate active measure campaigns against the Reagan administration. And yet, when conservatives called attention to spies, dupes, fellow travelers, and agents of influence, liberals ridiculed them as McCarthyites. Glad to see that progressives finally care. My response to liberals now seeking my opinion on Russian meddling? You're too late. Where were you when we tried to get you to pay attention to your hero Ted Kennedy and his secret overtures to the KGB? I suppose you're ready to open your op-ed pages for me to weigh in on scandalous dossiers sitting somewhere in the Kremlin ripe for blackmail. But only if the dossier pertains to Donald Trump. Says, beginning a year ago, I published in English and Russian a May 1983 KGB document on Ted Kennedy. I've also tried to determine if the Kremlin's holding a larger Kennedy file. And he says, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nowadays, he says, liberals are spilling lots of ink on Moscow dossiers, but only because the subject is Donald Trump. Reporters at the New York Times and CNN are are practically modern-day John Birchers in pursuit of the grandest of Moscow conspiracies. Today, July 2018, it took merely one Trump-Putin press conference for an AP reporter to ask Putin to his face if he had any compromising material on Donald Trump. If only a reporter would ask a question just once over the course of decades about Ted Kennedy and the Kennedy family. But for liberals, it's now a full-blown crusade against the Ruskies. The guns and gulags and Yalta and Caitlin and Alger Hiss and the Rosenbergs didn't fire them up. But hell hath no fury like a Hillary supporter scorned by the Kremlin. I'll be right back. Lovin. It wasn't Trump who didn't push back for the invasion of Georgia. It wasn't Trump who failed to push back for the annexation of Crimea. It wasn't Trump who failed to push back for the invasion of eastern Ukraine. It wasn't Trump who failed to push back for Russia's criminal shootdown of flight MH, MH-117, his capitulation to Syria. That was, uh, that was Obama. It wasn't Trump who betrayed Poland and the Czech Republican by acceding to Russia's demand to remove U.S. missile systems there. It wasn't Trump who betrayed the Ukraine by refusing to provide it with defensive weapons. It wasn't Trump's administration that approved a transfer of 20% of American uranium deposits to Putin. Now, what did Trump do? What has he done in 20 months? Dramatically expanded sanctions on Russian companies and apparatchiks. Expanding and beefing up NATO. Massive increase in U.S. defense spending. Restoring missile defenses to Poland and the Czech Republic. Returning heavy armored division 
to Germany, prepositioning armed brigades to the Baltics, ending arms embargoes on Ukraine and Georgia that Obama imposed on victims of Russian aggression, ending the ban on oil exports to try and address the Russian economy in a significant way. You know, conservatives should understand that history is important, that actions are important. The world doesn't begin with a press conference, and it doesn't end with a press conference. That's what makes us different from the left. And yet some conservatives and pseudo-conservatives fall for the trap. You can be critical of what the president said. The president has tried to straighten out what he said yesterday. But you don't need to lose your mind over it. That the president is a disgrace, that the president made a fool of himself, that the president this, that the president that. Not a single life was affected by what the president did. It wasn't Yalta. It wasn't Ford in Helsinki in 1975. He wasn't conspiring with Putin to defeat another candidate the way Ted Kennedy conspired with the Kremlin to try and defeat Reagan. He wasn't defending the Rosenbergs like the Democrats did for decades. He wasn't defending Alger Hiss the way the Democrats did for decades. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Now that the Democrats and the liberals are, as my next guest, Professor Paul Kengor, points out tongue-in-cheek, cold warriors, uh, will they be proposing uh, appropriations for our defensive systems? They used to call it Star Wars, you know. How about advanced missile systems? How about the modernization of our nuclear systems? Will they support any of that? Or are they just focused on the press conference? I bet you'll never guess my favorite place to sit. In my car? No. On the sofa in my living room? No. No, actually, it's at my desk. I'm sitting there right now. It's my amazing new X chair. And you can see a picture of it on my Facebook site, Mark Levin Show Facebook. The X chair is not only the most modern and stylish piece of furniture I own, it is luxuriously comfortable. It molds itself to my body, giving me ideal posture, which in turn gives me more energy, better concentration, more productivity than I ever thought possible. Don't waste another day in that generic chair you've been using from some office store. Don't spend another penny on such a chair. Get an X chair and feel the difference. And I'm serious. And if you own a company, get them for the entire office and see how much your employees appreciate them and how productive they become as a result. Now, here's a special deal just for you, my listeners. Go to XChairLevin.com right now. That's XChairLevin.com. Get $100 off. That's XChairLevin.com or call their toll-free number. 1-844-4-X-Chair. 1-844-4-X-Chair. Uh, X-Chair comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. So go to XChairLevin.com. And by the way, if you use code Levin Footrest, you'll get a free footrest, too. And that's where my feet are right now on the footrest. The chair, the footrest, you'll be in heaven. That's XChairLevin.com, code Levin Footrest. I strongly encourage it. Grove City Professor Paul Kengor, dear friend, how are you, sir? Good, 
Mark. Good to be on with you. Thanks. Well, you've written a very important piece at the American Spectator. We've been communicating back and forth as well. What do you make of this kerfuffle that's taking place? Well, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, Senator McCain said that the, the Trump-Putin press conference was, quote, one of the most disgraceful performances by an American president in memory. And, and McCain said, no prior president has ever abased himself more abjectly before a tyrant. And I mean, yeah, look, with, with, you know, with all due respect to, to Senator McCain, and I, and I mean that sincerely, but if that's what he believes, then you know, his knowledge of meetings between American presidents and Moscow tyrants is apparently pretty limited, because uh, I mean, you could go back to the very first meeting between a president and a tyrant, and that was FDR and Stalin, and then sort of take it on from there. But, uh, you know, FDR... I, I, I mean, what what Trump did, what Trump said, and you know, admittedly, I didn't like a lot of what he said there, but that doesn't begin to compare to you know, just the extraordinary, jaw-dropping, horrific statements that that FDR made to Stalin and to his advisors about Stalin in meeting after meeting. Mm-hmm. And isn't it important to look at actions too, Professor? Yeah, it is. And and in the case of, of FDR, I mean, he so look, I mean, word, words and actions both. So he was he was warned by William Bullitt, who was his first ambassador to the Soviet Union. And, and William Bullitt had actually at one point been so pro-communist that, I mean, the, the guy practically wanted to live there, in fact, did live there. But Bullitt spent a few years in the Soviet Union. And he he came back. You know, he was awakened to kind of the death stench of Stalinism, and he warned FDR. He he said he said you you cannot trust Stalin, and and FDR told him. And this is a direct quote here, Mark. He said, Bill, I don't dispute your facts or the logic of your reasoning. I just have a hunch that Stalin is not that kind of a man. And FDR said this of Stalin. I think that if I give him everything I possibly can and ask nothing from him in return, noblesse oblige, he won't try to annex anything, and Stalin will work with me for a world of democracy and peace. So, yeah, that, that's what Stalin... That, that is shocking. It's shocking. That, it is. It is. And, and, and you know what, Professor? If you hadn't quoted that, the millions of people listening to this program, including me, would not have known those exact words. And is it not amazing you have access to that uh, literature? The media have millions of dollars in researchers. They have access to that literature, and they don't care. That's right. And, in fact, that that quote from William Bullitt goes back to Life magazine in the 1940s. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's been around for 70 years. And, I mean, it's an amazing statement. If I give Stalin everything... Everything. If I give him everything I possibly can and ask nothing from him in return, he won't try to annex anything, and he'll work with me for a world of democracy and peace. Now, Trump may have made some bad statements in, in Helsinki, but he didn't say anything like that. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, that's that's just that's absolutely outrageous. And that was that was around 1943. He made FDR made similar statements about Stalin. At the Tehran conference, end of 1943, um, several other conferences, several other meetings. In fact, FDR came up with the phrase, the the nickname, the term of endearment, Uncle Joe for Stalin. He Mm -hmm. used to refer to him as Uncle Joe. 
And then, even then, and I'm skipping a whole bunch of different examples that I could give. I, mean, I could talk for hours about, about FDR and Stalin. Only, only then, after all of that, finally came Yalta. And you know, Yalta, you mentioned it earlier in your first segment, that was February 1945. And, and that's where, if, if you really want to know when the Cold War started, uh, I mean, it started February 1945 in Yalta, when, when FDR trusted Stalin and Stalin lied to him repeatedly over and over and over and over again. And it, and it, was, it was so bad, Mark, that within just days after, after FDR got back from Yalta, he was already telling people, um, Adolf Burley, um, Anna Rosenberg, Admiral Bill Leahy, he was already telling them, you know, Avril Harriman is right. We can't do business with Stalin. He's already broken every one of the promises that he made. And in a letter to Stalin, April Fool's Day, 1945, FDR actually wrote to the you know, the abject tyrant, speaking of abject tyrants, and he said, I cannot conceal from you the concern with which I view the development of events of mutual interest since our fruitful meeting at Yalta. So he already knew that he was being betrayed, and within about not even two full weeks after after FDR wrote that letter to Stalin, he died, and and left the whole ugly, sorry mess over to Harry Truman, and you know Poland be damned, Bulgaria, East Germany, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, all of those countries that Stalin promised FDR he would hold free and fair elections, all of them and each and every single one of them. Communist dictators controlled by the Soviet Union were established. Mm-hmm. So, so if John. McCain so I guess I guess John McCain's wrong then. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean his his history here is. <laughs> well, let me very, ask you a question. Would the media apply the same terms to FDR? Traitor, treasonous, un-American, like Kristallnacht, like Pearl Harbor, like nine eleven? Would they ever say that about FDR? No, in fact, if they could, they'd put the biggest ladder they could possibly get and start chiseling him into Mount Rushmore, right? I mean, they, you know, they absolutely love him. He's considered one of their favorite presidents. I mean, really, if any, any liberal's ranking of their all-time favorite presidents, FDR is usually number one on the list. Now, Professor, all during the Reagan administration, when he was taking on the Soviet Union, trying to defeat the Soviet Union, trying to build up our nuclear systems, our... Uh, mid-range systems, our defense systems. Who tried to stand in his way? Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it, it was liberal Democrats, and you had mentioned earlier SDI, Star Wars. I mean, that phrase, Star Wars, was created March 24, 1983, and I, I know the date because the, the night of the SDI speech by Ronald Reagan was March 23, 1983, and that speech terrified the Soviet Union. And then the very next morning, I mean, I don't even know if it was 12 hours later, Mark, uh, Senator Ted Kennedy trotted out to the Senate floor and made fun of SDI, relabeled it not the Strategic Defense Initiative, but Star Wars, and made fun of Ronald Reagan's you know, Darth Vader imagery and silly Star Wars schemes. And when he did that, and I have friends of mine, my friend Herb Meyer, who worked for Bill Casey at the CIA, told me, he said, Reagan gave that speech, and it was like a silver bullet to the Soviet Union. He said, I could see it overnight and all the different intelligence that was coming across the wire. 
and what was coming out of Moscow. And just as I'm reading this and seeing how the Soviets are apoplectic, here comes Ted Kennedy on my radio ridiculing SDI as Star Wars. And, and I could tell you, Mark, after that, it, it was hard to find an article in Pravda or Izvestia or any of the Soviet media organs where they didn't ridicule SDI as Star Wars. I mean, they, they picked up that label right away. And then guys like Senator Kennedy and the liberal Democrats refused to fund it. They refused to fund the Strategic Defense Initiative. But, but you know, all of that's apparently changed, Mark, because they, they seem to be Cold War hawks. But let me, let me ask you a question, Professor. We have a few minutes. I'd like to hold you over to the next uh, shorter segment. Sure. And it's this. When I get into history like this, or you're getting into history, and we try to provide context and perspective to issues like what took place in Helsinki the other day, it's said that you and I were just trying to divert attention. Are we trying to divert attention, or are we trying to put things in perspective? No, I think we're, I, I really feel we're doing a service here by offering historical perspective. And, and I mean, you, know, you, and, I, you and I both you know, would, would admit what we don't like, uh, the things that we don't like about what Trump said and what he did. But, but you know, charges like treason and traitorous, I, I mean, that's just, that's just absolutely ridiculous. And you know, I, I, I give you another example. I don't know if we have a minute or two right now. But, but President John F. Kennedy, when he was meeting with Khrushchev in Vienna in June 1961, and you know, Kennedy told James Scotty Reston of the New York Times that, that Khrushchev, quote, beat the hell out of me. Quote, it was the worst thing in my life. He savaged me. Those were Kennedy's exact words. And then within just weeks of that, remember the date, June 1961. By August of 61, the Soviets were building a wall in Berlin. They were shipping missiles off to Cuba. Yeah, that was a disastrous summit meeting be- between an American president and a Soviet leader. And the, and the first who would have admitted that was Kennedy. So, you know, to, to, to think that what Trump did yesterday was somehow far worse and unprecedented and worse than anything any pre- previous president did, that's complete nonsense. And I've even talked about Carter and Gerald Ford. I mean, you know, they, you, we, we could hit those as well. And so what do you make of the hysteria as a result of this press conference? I mean, you could have rational criticism, and I've done it myself, you've done it here, and so forth. What do you make of the almost insane reaction to this? Well, it's political. It's obviously political and ideological. It lacks historical context. And and frankly, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised by it coming from a bunch of, you know, liberal uh, people during the Cold War who, who've never been strong on the Russians and, you know, and the Soviets prior to that. And now all of a sudden they want to be Russia hawks, uh, you know, turn into, you know, masters, you know, looking for, you know, now suddenly you got Pelosi and, and, and uh, John Brennan and everyone looking for a red under every bed, mm-hmm. right? Where for 30 or 40 years, anytime anybody uh, on the Republican side uh, called the you know, the Hollywood Ten to testify to Washington for their communist activities. In fact, every single member of the Hollywood Ten, all ten out of ten, were Communist Party USA members. You know, we had all of their five-digit CP USA numbers when they testified before Congress in October 1947. So, so you know, they swore a loyalty oath to Stalin's Soviet Union. But any time that we tried to point that stuff out, they made fun of us. You know, they, we were paranoid McCarthyites. Now, all of a sudden, 
I mean, they're they're like they're like John Bircher's practically, you know, Nancy Pelosi and and these people on the left. All right, Professor, hold on just for a moment, please, if you will. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Professor Paul Kangor, Rose City, wonderful, wonderful college. Democrats fought the Strategic Defense Initiative, the purpose of which was to protect our country from the Soviets. The Democrats opposed the Pershing II missiles uh, that were put in Europe to modernize our missile system to put pressure on the Soviets. The Democrats fought Ronald Reagan every step of the way as he rejected detente and sought victory. And I also remember the movie that came out. It was a documentary or whatever they called it on TV about uh, uh, the after effects of a nuclear war trying to pile up on Reagan, Reagan, Reagan. And now your point is, uh, wow, look how the Democrats have flipped. Uh, Look how they seize on what Trump said. A misstep, a verbal misstep, if you will, by Trump. Does anybody really believe, Professor, that Donald Trump is going to somehow surrender uh, uh, some aspect of American national security to Putin. Is there any evidence of that whatsoever? Well, I don't know if they believe that or not, but, but really what's animating all of this, Mark, among the Democrats is the fact that uh, the 2016 election results, that's what it comes down to. And so, you know, if, if it turns out that the Russians were, in fact, meddling in the 2016 election, and frankly, they probably were because that's the kind of thing that the Russians do. You know, you, guys like me and you have been telling that to liberals for a long time, right? We're like, hey, you know, these guys do disinformation. The, the Russian word is desinformatia. You know, they they had a department of agitation and propaganda. This is what they do. But but lo and behold, of all things, not until the Russians hurt Hillary. In 2016, do the liberals and the Democrats finally get worked up about the Ruskies, right? And now, now all of a sudden, they're Russia hawks. I've never seen anything like it in my life. You know, now I've got liberals emailing me, uh, suddenly, uh, you know, what, wanting to hear about how bad the Russians are. I'm like, you know, you know where, where were you when, you know, where were you in the 1980s? You know, where, mm-hmm. where were you in the 1970s? Where were you in the 1960s? They were undermining Reagan. That's where they were. Now, also, Professor... Uh, what's interesting to me here also is even now, Trump has to fight the left in order to fund our military. Uh, the Democrats, with all the hearings and all the investigations, do not want to investigate the Obama administration's failure to effectively engage the, the Russians who are interfering with the election. It's rather perverse that Donald Trump and the Trump world are under investigation when they're really the victims. Yeah, no. Well, that's that's exactly right. And 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 I I mean, look, it, it's a, it's also a very good question here too, Mark. Of if um, if they did meddle and they did try to influence the election, did they actually influence it? Right. I mean, so a lot of what's going on would be they're trying to to place things in social media. They're trying to place things in mainstream media. And for the record, they did that throughout the 1970s and 1980s as well. The the Soviets, the KGB, that Vladimir Putin worked for in the 1980s, they called those active measures. I mean, that that was the title for the exact... And and you know, Professor, we have one minute. I remember the day when they so hated American intelligence, like the CIA, they formed a committee called the Church Committee. That's right. Which essentially 
made, at least for a period of time, the CIA was utterly impotent as a result. That's exactly right. Remember people like Ron Dellums and others, Mark, in the late 70s and the 80s, and you know, talking about dismantling the intelligence community brick by brick? But yeah, now all of a sudden there are a bunch of little J. Edgar Hoovers. <laughs> Professor Paul Kangor, you're superb. We appreciate it every time you come on to give us some historical reality here. God bless you, sir. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I will be on Hannity on Fox tonight. 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, discussing this topic, I'm sure. You won't want to miss it. See, one of the most uh, pernicious things that has occurred in the last well, about two years is the unleashing of this special counsel against the president under the phony Russia collusion label. And the Democrats and these investigators and these prosecutors have taken this issue and have done everything they can to degrade, demean, upset, undermine, and ultimately defeat this presidency. I don't think there's any question about that anymore. And I remember back in March 2017 when I brought up this espionage stuff. I remember how I was attacked. Very few friends, so-called, came to my defense. And yet the vast majority of what I pieced together from newspaper articles was true. But the media denied their own writings. The media denied their own reportings. They genuflected because they realized what was being exposed. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of unmasking by our intelligence agencies. Am I supposed to praise the senior people in our intelligence agencies when unmasking was taking place and we still don't know, really, the full story behind that? What about that? I'm just curious. Well, the Democrats, now that they understand how dangerous Putin and the Russians are, will they now support the expansion of the Strategic Defense Initiative? Of course they won't, because they're full of crap. How about the modernization of our nuclear inventory, the way the Russians have in violation of SALT, whatever number it was? Will they support that? No, they always oppose that. They will oppose that. So as dangerous as Putin and the Russians are, we talk about that repeatedly on this program, the Democrats don't really want to do anything in a significant way to address it. Instead, we'll spend days and days on the press conference the way we spent weeks and weeks on Stormy Daniels. 
Then we will have some self-serving conservatives and pseudo-conservatives in the media who will beat them, uh, pat themselves on the back and beat their chests about how objective they are about all this by piling on Trump. Not simply criticizing him for things he said and uh, got out of sorts and so, no, but piling on that it is the worst thing they've ever heard, the worst thing they've ever seen. What, are they raised like veal? Are they out of their minds? That's why I talk about history. That's why I provide perspective. It's called clarity. 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 Any monkey can look at what goes on and beat the pots and pans about what's going on right in front of their face. But it takes people who can think for themselves, like you in my, my beloved audience, to step back and look at this. And give it clarity. Some perspective. Barack Obama never got this treatment. Well, we're not talking about Barack Obama. We're talking about Donald Trump. That's not an excuse. Who's making an excuse? It's a fact. Why would you reject it? Why would you ignore information? It is that. Now, Barack Obama today was in, where was it, South, uh, South Africa, which is in a horrifically dangerous country now, where whites are being brutalized. And uh, the media are slobbering all over him. They're not criticizing him for some of his outrageous statements. I hope you saw that Shelby Steele program Sunday night on Fox, on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I'm not going to redo the whole program here. I hope you saw it, because Obama is the perfect example of what he was talking about. Here's what Obama said. I'm not going to spend another two hours on Russia. We'll take some of your calls, but, I mean, what else is there to say? Here's Obama in Johannesburg, South Africa today. Cut 15, go. The fact that the world's most prosperous and successful societies, the ones with the highest living standards and the highest levels of satisfaction among their people, happen to be those which have most closely approximated the liberal progressive ideal that we talk about and have nurtured the talents and contributions of all their citizens. The fact that authoritarian governments have been shown time and time again. Excuse me. Excuse me, adjunct uh, law professor. Progressivism is a tributary from Marxism, authoritarianism. Like Obamacare is an authoritarian law. Like your fiats when you were president, authoritarian. You have it backwards, adjunct professor from Chicago, University of Chicago. You have, you have it backwards, you see. In spite, in spite of decades of dislocation from progressivism, capitalism, republicanism, have still succeeded in creating the most vibrant and successful societies on the face of the earth. Progressivism doesn't create anything except Poverty. 
accept aut- uh, aut- autocracy. Go ahead. Breed corruption because they're not accountable. All right. Uh, we don't need lectures about dictatorships from him. We're well aware of it. Uh, as I as I recall, he cozied up to more dictators than uh, than anybody else. And he never got the Trump treatment. Raul Castro, Yabadabadu and Tehran, you you name it. You name it. Cut 16, go. Politics of fear and resentment and retrenchment began to appear. And that kind of politics is now on the move. It's on a move at a pace that would have seemed unimaginable just a few years ago. What the hell is he talking about? What is he talking about? Politics of fear and resentment? Isn't that the definition of progressivism? The politics of fear and resentment? Balkanization? Tribalization? The lack of assimilation? Based on race? Religion? Based on income? Based on age? Isn't that what the progressives stand for? Of course it is. Fear and resentment and retrenchment. Go ahead. Being alarmist, I am simply stating the facts. Look around. Strongman politics are ascendant suddenly. Whereby whoa, 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 whoa. Strongman politics ascendant suddenly? What does he think he was? I know I speak the truth. What does he think he was? He lost horribly the last midterm election. And what did he say? The vast majority of the Americans didn't vote, and I'll continue to do what I think is... He rejects election results unless he wins. Go ahead. And some pretense of democracy are maintained, the form of it, but those in power seek to undermine every institution or norm that gives democracy... All right, so he's attacking Trump and the tens of millions of people who voted for him. We are the ones who defend the institutions of republicanism and constitutionalism. They're the ones who attack them. We're the ones who defend unalienable individual rights. They attack them. We are the ones who defend natural law and the true meaning of liberty. They attack them. And that's what Obama did. And the media love him for it. Let's go to cut 18, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Unfortunately, too much of politics today seems to reject the very concept of objective truth. People just make stuff up. Now, let's just stop right there. That, again, is the second definition of progressivism. Because progressivism is not only in so many respects immoral and unnatural, but it requires an iron fist that gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger. And it is built on a pile of lies. Marxism is built on a pile of lies. Hegelism is built on a pile of lies. So is progressivism. He lied about Obamacare. He had to lie about Obamacare. He tells... Medvedev, the uh, president of Russia, Putin's handpicked president, 
in 2012, you know, wait till the election's over, I'll have more flexibility. They had secret side deals in the Iran deal, which were disastrous, absolutely disastrous. Objective truth. This man wouldn't know objective truth if it hit him in the nose. Go ahead. They, they just make stuff up. We see it in the growth of state-sponsored propaganda. We see it in internet-driven fabrications. We see it in the, in the blurring of lines between news and entertainment. We see the, the utter loss of shame among political leaders where they're caught in a lie and they just double down and they lie some more. Yeah, right. You want to keep your doctor, you'll keep your doctor. You want to keep your insurance, you'll keep your insurance. As a matter of fact, the average family will see a $2,500 reduction in their premiums. Did you? Did you? Go ahead. Ah, shut up. You know what? I'm so glad you're not in the limelight anymore. You have no idea. My migraines are all gone now. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Notice in his uh, self-serving, bizarre speech in South Africa, Obama doesn't talk about his failure to do anything effective. To address the Russian interference with the election in 2015 and 2016. He's the commander-in-chief then. Nothing. In fact, he tells his cybersecurity folks to stand down. What exactly did Obama do to confront the Russians? What exactly did John Brennan do, the CIA director? And in this sense, I need to circle back. John Brennan. Why would Barack Obama choose a man who is a leftist, who is a partisan hack, uh, who is relatively stupid, and who voted for a communist to be the head of the CIA? There's another great piece in The American Spectator by George Neumauer. He says, Brennan calls Trump a dupe, but Brennan actually was one for the Soviets. John Brennan's anti-Trump tweets grow more and more maniacal. His latest tweet holds that Donald Trump's Russia diplomacy in Helsinki rises and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. There's nothing short of treasonous. That tells people all they need to know about the unseriousness of the left's impeachment drive, not to mention exposing once again the demented malice behind the Obama administration spying on the Trump campaign. The unhinged criticism is also hilariously rich, given that John Brennan, who supported the Soviet-controlled American Communist Party, meets the textbook definition of a useful idiot for the Russians. At the height of the Cold War, he was rooting for the Reds, casting his vote in 1976 for Gus Hall, the American Communist Party's presidential candidate. If anyone is adept at serving as a dupe for the Russians, it is John Brennan. To paraphrase John Kerry, he was for them before he was against them. What changed? How could Brennan support the Soviet Union, even to the point of voting for one of its puppets, but then hysterically denounce any diplomacy toward Putin's Russia? The answer lies in Russia's shedding of communism. Brennan, who refused to take his oath as CIA director on the Bible, 
misses the days of atheistic Marxism and fears the revival of a Christian Russia. Brennan, while walking the halls of the CIA, festooned with LGBT buttons, who rant, who rant to colleagues about Putin's refusal to allow gay pride parades in Moscow. Brennan deplored Reagan's description of the Soviet Union as an even empire and joined other leftists in demanding that he pursue detente with Marxist thugs who make Putin look like a piker. Were Russia still collectivist, he would be using his Twitter account, which boasts his belief in the collective future, quote-unquote, to praise, not trash, diplomatic gestures. Anybody familiar with John Brennan's past, he writes, which includes not only supporting the evil empire of the Soviets, but also the evil empire of radical Islam. His time as Obama's CIA director was marked by apologetics for the thugs of the Muslim Brotherhood, ludicrous attempts to sanitize the concept of jihad, and nonstop whitewashing of the problem of Islamic terrorism, can only laugh at his anti-Trump antics. That the media give this fulminating fool and fraud a platform is a measure of its own lack of seriousness and absurdly sudden hawkishness. The outrage about the Trump-Putin meeting is empty noise generated by the America last crowd to hurt an American first president. It won't work. From Hillary to Pelosi to Brennan, they are the little lefties who cried wolf after decades of feeding wolves. Their credibility is nil. Their counsel is immature and reckless. Not only were Trump's comments imbecilic, he's wholly in the pocket of Putin, gasped Brennan. Republican patriots, where are you? Well, other than members of the resistance and reflective Trump haters, no one takes these juvenile smears seriously. It is humorous to see these self-proclaimed adults hazing Trump for not behaving like a childish hothead. If another president were prioritizing peace over retaliatory tit-for-tat, they would praise him. But since the diplomacy is coming from Trump... It has to be treasonous. Brennan isn't just throwing stones from his glass house, but boulders. He once said that he feared his support for Soviet stooge Gus Hall threatened his entrance into the CIA in 1980. This sounds like a wild satirical parody, but it isn't. A dupe for the Soviet Union rises to the top of the CIA, uses his position to shill for Islamic radicals, eggs the FBI into spying on the Trump campaign, then leaves the CIA only to resume the radicalization of his youth, calling the civil for civil disobedience and the overthrow of a duly elected president. Brennan's only expertise on treachery comes from his own. That's, he called Trump a dupe, but Brennan actually was one for the Soviets. George Neumeyer, American Spectator. I'll be right back. liberal potholes he's a truck full of hot constitutional asphalt Mark Levin call him now at 877-381-3811 it's funny when Trump excuse me when Obama talks about the truth and civility and all the rest notice he never talks about his media friends he'll talk generically They'll never talk about CNN or NBC or ABC or CBS. He helped trigger. That's the word. He helped trigger what's taking place today. Then he steps back and enjoys his handiwork. 
Now, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get a Casper, and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress. It's the Internet's, too. Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move. Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. It's risk-free. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark and you'll save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark, code mark, to save 50 bucks. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we really do love that mattress in this family. The Casper mattress is uh, second to none. It's superior to all, quite frankly. All right, I haven't taken a call yet, so I think I will. Let us go to uh, David Wausau, Wisconsin, the great WSAU. Go ahead. Uh, Mark, uh, first-time caller, faithful listener, uh, thank you for all you do for liberty. Thank you. Clarify things. Um, I am so frustrated with the liberal media, the Democrats, and the Mueller probe. They're not out to get Russia. They're out to get my president. Mm -hmm. And case in point is this uh, Mueller indictment of the several Russian companies for election meddling. Uh, to his surprise, one of the companies, Concord Management, shows up to plead not guilty, asks for a discovery request, and rather than comply with that and move forward, he drops the case by sending it over to the DOJ Counterintelligence Division, just where it's going to be buried and never see the light of day. And I had an idea for Trump I wanted to run by you. Wait, I, I want to underscore your point also. If, in fact, these 12 Russians who were indicted on Friday... Our, and I have no reason to, to dispute it, our, our intelligence officers or military officers tied to the Russian state, then that would involve Putin, wouldn't it? Yes. So why didn't they indict Putin? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Mr. Tough Guy Mueller indict Putin? I'm quite serious about this. They talk about Trump being tougher on Putin, standing 10 feet from him, you know, pointing his, wagging his finger at him and lecturing him and so forth and so on. Okay, great. If we have the goods on Russia... Why not indict Putin, too? The other thing about how silly that is, it's one thing for the president to say what he said, which was a mistake in my view, but it's quite another to say he should sit there and really pound Putin. Well, why would you agree to meet with Putin, spend two hours with Putin, only to go at a press conference and then kind of blow it up? Why would you do I don't even understand that. Do you? No, I don't understand that at all. If you're going to meet with him... You're not meeting with him to make a public spectacle out of it. Otherwise, don't meet with him. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I thought it might be a good idea for Trump to come out and say that Mueller is the one who's being soft on Russia and demand that he take a hard line and immediately and aggressively prosecute this case against that Concord management. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't and I, I, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I also think no matter what Trump says, they don't really care. Yeah, it just, Mueller has, maybe it would paint... I mean, mean, keep something in mind. They were all against Comey. 
They accused Comey of throwing the election to Trump. They wanted his head. Trump fires Comey. Then they immediately reverse course. Comey's uh, angelic. Trump's trying to obstruct justice. Trump's trying to cover up uh, for his collusion with the Russians. Uh, you see, so it won't matter what Trump says uh, in terms of those people. That's true. It's, Mueller has just wasted a year of more of time and millions of taxpayers' dollars, and he has no tangible results to show for it. And, and, and let me prove your point, because the Democrats and the pseudo-conservatives on TV and radio like to say, look at all the indictments he has. First of all, these Russian indictments are going nowhere. And if there were to be indictments, they would have been handled by Maine Justice, not by a U.S. Attorney's Office. That's why he dumped those initial cases off to the uh, uh, counterintelligence national security wing of the Justice Department, which I know a lot about. I used to work at the Justice Department. That's number one. Number two, all these charges against Manafort have absolutely nothing to do with Russia collusion or anything else. It's something any United States Attorney's Office could have handled, and I might say didn't handle. And any FBI director could have handled. And when Mueller was FBI director, when much of this was going on in terms of their allegations, uh, they didn't do anything. So you don't need a special counsel for that either. In terms of, uh, of, uh, of General Flynn, he was set up. It was a setup by Peter Stroke and Mueller. It's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. It's still a disgrace. And I call it a disgrace the minute it happened. Well, all the backbenchers weren't sure. They were scratching their heads. What position should I take? And then you look at the uh, little guppies out there, false statement, one charge of a false statement to this guy, one charge of a false statement to another guy, Mickey Mouse stuff. So you're actually quite right. All right, David, thank you for your call. Jeff, Greensboro, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, it's an honor to speak with you, sir, and thank thank you. you for all you do. And first off, I'd just like to say that we Trump supporters are with him 100%, and we are immovable objects. And we're not triggered by the nonsense in Helsinki, and we're not fooled. We know Trump loves this country. This is without a doubt. If the mainstream media thinks they're going to disconnect us from President Trump, they're as wrong as— They don't. They're not aiming this at you. Okay. Hold on. Listen to me. They're aiming this at some people who voted for Trump but are not forever Trump, if you understand what I mean. I do understand what you mean, but I don't think that's even going to work because I think they're pushing people so far towards Trump. You know, you look at Candace Owens and other other folks that have just the, the walk away movement. They've had enough. They are moving on. They're they're gone. They're well, moving. I hope you're right. I really do. And the next thing I, is, I, I think I read somewhere, and I, I don't remember where, maybe it was the Washington Examiner, uh, hardly a left-wing newspaper, that the Democrats have registered, listen to this, 12 million more people than the Republicans. That is absolutely absurd. That, it's not absurd. It better grab your attention. Registered 12 million more than the Mr. Than Producer, the can you find me that article? You remember that article? Let's see if we can find that article. Yeah, people need to be slapped with reality. This is a battle. This isn't a cakewalk. This will be a battle in the okay. midterm election. And let me tell you something about this midterm election. The Democrats in the House, if they win the midterm election, it's not only let's impeach Trump. They're going to be throwing subpoenas in every direction, and they'll enforce their damn subpoenas, unlike the Republicans. Oh, it'll, it'll be a nightmare. 
Oh my God! Oh, oh my God! No question about that. They they will push forward. Oh God! I don't even want to get into that, Mark. I mean, that's not yeah, it's a I'm nightmare. I, All right, go I ahead. I understand exactly what you're saying, but the but the whole Rosenstein Friday the thirteenth chess move when he came out with the indictments was nothing more than to set up a a, a, a no win situation, a, a, a zero sum game, so that when Trump got to Helsinki, they he would have to address this issue, and I agree with everything that President Trump did. He didn't walk down there because if he would have said, well, I agree. All right, all right, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. I'm not into a cult of personality. I'm just not. I've never been that way, and I never will be that way. And there were other things the president could say. So I don't think that's the ground we fight on. I think the ground we fight on is how overblown this is and how ridiculous it is. Now, can I can I cite that article to you that I mentioned about the 12 million registered voters? You want to hear that? This is the Washington Examiner. Democrats hold a massive voter lead in states that require party registration. A gap of 12 million that could be key to whether the party takes control of the House and Senate in the fall midterm congressional elections, according to a new analysis. Overall, 40% of voters in 31 party registration states are Democrats, 29% are Republicans, 28% are Independents. The states include several with key battles over House seats such as California, New York, Florida, and Pennsylvania. You can't just wave your hand and say, oh, what's the big deal? It is a big deal, and it's something we have to be concerned about. And you've got to hope the RNC and these state parties get their act together and get some people registered. All right, my friend. Excellent call. I appreciate it. All right. Let's see what else is going on here. Let us go to Michael. West Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO, home of Brian Mudd, my brother there. Go right ahead. Michael, hey, go. How are yeah. you, sir? Doing well. How about yourself? Very well. Thank you. Uh, that's good to hear. Anyways, um, uh, this has been a point of contention for me, uh, basically, since the election. Those are these radical leftists. Um, they're so serious about election integrity, but it seems that they're bound by something. They don't actually want to do anything to solve the issue, if you can even call it one. Um, they refuse to pass any voter registration, refuting it as um, racist or even uh, unconstitutional, which is an ironic and selective love for, I guess, the Constitution. Um, well, hold on. This is a very, very important point you're raising. So on the one hand, they'll talk about the integrity of the vote. On the other hand, if they think they can get away with it. They really don't believe in the integrity of the vote, which is a very, very important point. No, and, and actually, I agree, and I think that this is this runs parallel to the um, illegal immigration trend in so many ways. Um, they want it to continue to be an issue so it can be milked, and they can continue to make it an issue to basically delegitimize Trump throughout his entire presidency. Um, and I, I believe also the reason I don't want the voter rolls cleaned up and you see constant lawsuits that make their way to the Supreme Court or other mm-hmm. you know, lower courts is because I believe that they've got um, undocumented or illegal immigrants, however you refer to them, on their, you know, on their side voting for them. I, I, I mean, I think that's the, one of the greatest forms of foreign interference that never even gets mentioned. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael. Um, I think your general point is an excellent point. Uh, in terms of the uh, the cleaning the voter rolls because people might be uh, registered in four different states having moved from one state to the other. 
uh, without removing themselves from a particular uh, a list of voters or people uh, who have two homes voting in one state and the other. I mean, all this is going on, and every effort to try and clean this up is blocked by the left and the Democrats. He's exactly right. So much for voter integrity. By the way, the new push out there is for universal basic income. Obama talked about it today. The Democrats, are, you know, they, they, they feed themselves the information. They go online and they say, okay, how else can we screw up the country, centralize government, and redistribute the wealth and empower ourselves? I've got one. First, free education, free health care, free food, free housing, free clothing, and now a universal basic income. Everybody should have a basic income. You know, it's been a while since I've spoken about Imprimus, the nation's largest publication of conservative thought, published by Hillsdale College. Imprimus is always outstanding and always free. I really want you to read this month's edition. It features Vice President Mike Pence's message to Hillsdale's graduating class. It's a message that will teach you, challenge you, and inspire you. And you need to read it. 3.8 million Americans receive Imprimus free every month, including me. And those folks share their issues, on average, with two other people. That means 11 million Americans will read this important speech by our terrific Vice President. You should be one of them. His words will help ground you in the teachings and traditions that are our greatest inheritance as Americans, the same teachings and traditions that are the surest foundation of a boundless American future. Every month, Primus equips you to defend and promote the principles of liberty, of civil and religious freedom, and our American heritage. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Uh, to get your free subscription starting with this inspiring speech by Vice President Pence. That's levinforhillsdale.com. Don't forget, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, I will be on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. Uh, I'm sure talking about Russia at all. So we ever talk about in this country, isn't it? That and Stormy Daniels, I think. And I hope you will join us. Don't miss it. I guarantee it's going to be worth it. Let us go to Steve, Farmington, New Mexico, the great K-E-N-N. Go! Hi, Mark. Steve here, calling from Farmington, New Mexico. God bless us. Thank you. Yes, sir. I'm very, very excited to talk to you. Thank you. I'll try to articulate myself as best I can. I was telling the call screener that my feeling is, is why is President Trump messing with this? He has the power to declassify anything, does he not? Am I correct in that? He does. Well, then why doesn't he go out and uh, go directly to the DOJ and the... I'll I'll tell you why. And the president's being responsible, that's why. Because he cannot know, personally, what information in those thousands and thousands of pages of documents and emails and texts really should be classified so our enemies don't have it or might in fact be investigative-related, and I don't mean to Mueller, but I mean some other matter that's going on out there. And I hear it said all the time, including by uh, federal prosecutors, well, why doesn't he just do this and do that? Well, we know why, because he wants to be responsible about it. Yes, sir. 
And so here's the thing. Does he get any credit for that, Steve? No. No. Has he interfered with the Russia investigation? No. For all the talk, he hasn't done anything to disrupt this outrageous activity that's going on. Nothing. All right, Steve, thank you for your call, my friend. John, Virginia Beach, Virginia, XM Satellite, go. Yes, sir. Th- thanks for taking my call, Mark. I just have, regarding it. the re- regarding the um, Russian meddling in the election, um, can you stop the spread of misinformation? Is it possible in our constitutional republic? And also, what's, I wanted to ask you, what is the difference between misinformation and a lie? Okay. <laughs> well, the first point, can you stop all misinformation? The answer is no. How, truthfully, how are you going to stop it in a free country? Can't. You can't. So in some ways, this is, this is peculiar. You can flag who's doing, oh, those are the Russians, so forth and so on. But unless we want to uh, allow our government, allow people like Mueller and Rosenstein to control the Internet, as, a, as an example, uh, which would be a disaster, and they still couldn't control it completely. I mean, that's what the Chinese do, and that's what the Russians do. What's the difference between misinformation and a lie? Well, I think fundamentally there's not a lot of difference. Because if we're going to stop misinformation, then we're going to stop lies. How in the world are you going to stop lies? Yeah, I, it, you, you make a good point. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how you do. And even, you get, as I say, even if it's an iron-fisted police state, they can't stop it all, and we don't want that anyway. Exactly. Look, the Russians have been doing this for a long time. The Chinese have been doing it. The Iranians and the North Koreans have been doing it. This is no excuse. This is a fact. And in fact, we've done it. Now, I've heard people say we do this to promote democracy. Well, we normally do. But in Barack Obama's case, we did it to thwart democracy in a country called Israel. Again, he's never been held to account for that. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, As I say, I'll be on Hannity tonight on the Fox News Channel, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I'm sure you won't want to miss that. There's somebody named Jill Weinbanks. Claims to be a former Watergate prosecutor. She may be a former Watergate prosecutor, but she's a present-day nutjob. Hence, she was on MSLSD yesterday. I want you to listen to this woman. This is why you hate the media, because the media are not about freedom of the press. They're about advancing the left's agenda by hook or by crook. Jill Weinbanks, a nobody. Cut nine, go. The president is taking the side of the people who attacked us instead of trying to... Did we lose it? Well, that was a good one. Uh, What's ENCO anyway? 
Aranko bailed out. Is it still broken? All right, he's getting the cut. Do we have it now, or should I dance and sing? I got to give him a minute. Anyway, so Jill Weinbanks, former Watergate prosecutor, she, okay, we got it. Go. The president is taking the side of the people who attacked us instead of trying to prevent a future attack. He has done nothing to make sure that the elections four months away are going to be. Can we stop a second? Can we stop a second? The Russians attacked us through cyber warfare. I agree with that. The commander-in-chief at the time was Barack Obama. Is this former Watergate prosecutor such a complete knucklehead that she doesn't know that? Of course not. She purposely deceives. We were attacked on Barack Obama's watch. And he's running around in South Africa telling us about the great wonders of progressivism. You know, like Venezuela, Nicaragua, whatever. Go ahead four months away are going to be safe. And I would say that his performance today will live in infamy as much mm-hmm. as the Pearl Harbor attack or Kristallnacht. And it's really a serious okay, issue. So, so she should be getting the hook and never appear on TV again. The Pearl Harbor attack, which killed almost 3,000 of our men and women and launched for us World War II, and Kristallnacht, the beginning of the Holocaust. That's what she compares the press conference to. This is a very sick woman, in my humble opinion. She's got a sponge for a brain. And MSNBC gives her voice. That's why I call this pseudo-journalism, pseudo-media. It's not media of any kind. Now we have a little montage for you, thanks to Newsbusters over there at MRC of CNN and MSNBC as they see the apocalypse as a result of Trump. You notice the further away we get from this, the more outrageous the critics seem. I don't mean the legitimate criticism. I mean the -the over-the-top insanity. Cut seven, go. Vladimir Putin was on stage left in Helsinki alongside the president of the United States, who had nothing but warm words for the time that they spent together. First of all, I just have to say, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm really feeling nauseous. Stunned, gobsmacked. We're hearing words like, I feel sick, Uh, this is frightening, calling it an abomination. Shocking. Stunning. Genuinely stunning. What is going on? Unbelievable. Astonishing, just astonishing. It is astonishing, it's heartbreaking, and it represents, I think, a pivotal turn uh, in our nation's history. It's time for Americans to be out on the streets. There are people protesting in the streets every day in the 70s. Why is that not happening now? When do we see almost a shadow government come out and say, we cannot side with the government? As an American citizen, I I, I just personally think today is just an an incredibly depressing uh, moment in in our time, in our history as an American. Was this a new low? Jim Shudo, Josh Campbell, I appreciate you both being with us on what has been uh, really a difficult day uh, for... uh, for, uh, Ah, Shut up, you moron. Then we had Jan Schakowsky. Wasn't her husband indicted or something? Democrat, Illinois. And uh, where did they find her? Well, they found her somewhere. They put her on TV. Oh, at a press conference today. Cut 13, go. I also want to um, thank John Brennan, former um, head of the 
CIA. And he used a word that is starting to pop up now, and that word is treason. Um, I used it. Uh, hey, first it, of all, idiot, do you think the president should be executed? It's a capital offense, treason. Are these people taken seriously? I think they are. Go ahead. That I made by saying this. By the goes- way, you, rea- you realize if we if we had no constitution and due process and all the right rest, these leftists now would be dragging Donald Trump through the streets, like any third world dictatorship. They would. That's what they would be doing right now. Go ahead. Competence and it borders on treason. And guess what the responses were? They said, "What do you mean it borders on treason?" Those are, that's the kind of feedback I got from people who looked at what I was at, at what I was saying. We have reached a number of inflection points, points where we thought something now was going to happen with the act, as a result of the actions of the president of the United States. What, what actions of the president of the United States are you talking about? What, what actions of the president of the United States are you talking about? What actions? What actions are treasonous? I want to know. Of the President of the United States, what has he done that's treasonous? Nothing. By the way, why is she slurring her speech? It's early in the morning. Uh, what, what is it? Happy hour up there on Capitol Hill in the Democrat caucus? Is there free pot in the Democrat caucus? I know they're into that, too. Go ahead. If we, in the United States Congress, let this moment go by without anything being done about it. These are the same clowns who defended the Rosenbergs, Aldra Hiss, Teddy Kennedy in 1983-84, colluding with the Russians against Reagan. These are the same idiots that oppose the defenses against mutual assured destruction to protect us against Soviet nuclear missiles. The same idiots who opposed the the Pershing II, which we placed in Europe uh, in order to modernize our nuclear mid uh, mid distance uh, nuclear missiles, and in order to break the uh, the Soviet Union, these are the same idiots who ridiculed Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, who for his entire life fought the Soviets fought the communists, whether as president of the Screen Actors Guild or president of the United States. And they hated him. Now, of course, they're tough. Well, I think we should put them to the test, Mr. Producer, and all you Levinites out there. I think we should double spending on the Strategic Defense Initiative and see if the Democrats will vote for it for the first time ever. Ever. Go ahead on all of us because when the president of the United States... Ah, shut up, you moron. Okay. Then we have John Brennan himself. John Brennan in 1976, as you know, but you can never say it enough, voted for Gus Hall, the communist running for president of the Communist Party USA funded by the Soviets. John Brennan voted for him in 1976. He was an adult when, when he voted for him. Shouldn't that kind of disqualify you from running the CIA? In fact, shouldn't that disqualify you from running the French fry uh, cooker at McDonald's? Cut 14, go. 
Well, good on Dan Coates to stand up for the women and men of the intelligence community. Um, and those who are going to be silent in this administration are complicit. Complicit uh, with what? Complicit with what? You did nothing to stop the Russians, you fool. You helped arm the Iranians, you fool. You did nothing to stop the Chinese in the South China Sea, you fool. You never stood up to the North Koreans, you clown. You opened your arms wide to Raul Castro, you idiot. Go ahead. They need to be able to speak out very strongly. But what Mr. Trump did yesterday was to betray the women and men of the FBI, the CIA. No, actually, he didn't betray anybody. You did, you clown. What you did with the CIA, what you fools did with the FBI. And even more, you betrayed the American people. You betrayed the American people. How did this jerk ever get at the CIA? How the hell did he get confirmed? Where were the Republicans? Well, hey, I'm Mitch McConnell. We believe in bipartisanship around here. Well, stop believing in bipartisanship around there. Now there's somebody called Erin Burnett on CNN. Most of you don't know who the hell she is. But she's on CNN. She, they actually gave her a show. And she apparently lied about Michael Anton, who was a former National Security Council uh, spokesman for President Trump. He decided he wasn't going to go through with his scheduled appointment to be on her show because of the hysterical treatment of the president and the summit press conference. So here's what Erin Burnett had to say. Cut eight, go. And I want to note, uh, there's not another person on the screen. Michael Anton was going to be here. He's the former National Security Council spokesperson under President Trump. He canceled, and he knows I'm going to tell you this, because he said he could not defend the president on his actions today. Well, you're a liar, according to him. He said that's not what he said to you. Now, who do we believe, him or you at CNN? I think I'll believe him. I'll be right back. Mark in. Buddy Adam Credo has a wonderful piece. Well, it's a wonderful piece because he's a great reporter, but the news isn't so wonderful. The chair of the House Intelligence Committee, our buddy Devin Nunes, accused the FBI and Department of Justice of stonewalling a sprawling investigation into claims the Trump campaign colluded with Russia with the hope of running out the clock until the November elections when they anticipate Democrats will regain control of the House and dissolve an ongoing probe that has uncovered evidence of U.S. officials sought to cripple Trump's campaign. See, this is a big deal. Representative Devin Nunes, in a wide-ranging audio interview with his House colleague, Sean Duffy, accused top officials at the FBI and DOJ of, quote, putting all their chips on the Republicans losing the House so that their Democratic allies can shut down the longstanding Intelligence Committee probe which has unearthed information disputing claims of collusion in recent months. Representative Duffy interviewed uh, Representative Nunes for an upcoming episode of Duffy's podcast. Geez, I'll have to listen to that in the future. Nunes also lashed out at the U.S. media, accusing 90% of reporters covering the Russia probe being essentially an arm of the Democratic Party, according to an advanced copy of the interview shared with the Washington Free Beacon. Nunes has been running the Intel Committee's investigation into claims the Trump campaign colluded with Russia to cement the 2016 election. The committee has unearthed a body of evidence indicating senior officials at the FBI and DOJ 
worked to take down Trump on behalf of Democratic challenger Hillary Clinton. 100% they, the FBI and DOJ, are putting all their chips on the Republicans losing the House, and all these investigations will shut down, Nunes told Duffy. Nunes went on to blast the media for its lack of coverage about Republican findings, indicating that senior U.S. officials loyal to the Democratic Party actively work to open intel investigations into the Trump campaign based on a faulty and salacious anti-Trump dossier. Right, Mr. Brennan? The media have been horrible in this whole situation, Nunes said. What we've seen since the election of President Trump has been what's been going on for a long time, but now you see what I call the 90-10 split. You have 90% of the media who are essentially an arm of the Democratic Party. Then you've got 5% of the media that I believe, for lack of a better term, are right or center-right. They don't necessarily follow the establishment of the RNC or something like that, but they definitely are conservative. Then you have 5% of the journalists that are out there that I would say are legitimate. That's a problem in this country when you don't have a free and fair media. The Intelligence Committee's investigation has gone on for months. The DOJ, as you know, has been obstructing, and so is the FBI, and dragging their feet. And I agree with Nunes. They are looking at the calendar. They are looking at the calendar. Curtis, Norfolk, Virginia, Sirius Satellite, go! Mr. Levin, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I just had one point, uh, maybe a secondary point, but I think it matters. Uh, other than you on Sunday nights at 10 o'clock and Mr. Hannity every night at 9 o'clock, I don't watch TV anymore. I just listen to the radio. Um, and well, thank you for listening to us and watching us. Yes, sir. Uh, and I, I was driving from Norfolk to Roanoke, Virginia today, and I was listening to uh, one of your, I would think, colleagues, and he made the point that no matter what happened in that press conference, that the uh, media was going to respond the way they responded. It didn't matter what was going to be said. They'd already had their talking points, and uh, I wondered about your thoughts on that. But well, there's uh, some of that's certainly true. I mean, he was attacked for having the meeting in the first place by a number of people, wasn't he? Correct. Uh, and secondarily, I, I, I said to Rick... And, and let's slow down a second. Let's assume Trump did what they have been demanding he should have done, that he turns to Putin and he wags his finger and he gives him a tongue lashing. Would not these same media types and Democrats and many in the Republican Party be condemning him for his lack of diplomacy, for needing to get along with Russia, given all the nuclear warheads they have? I mean, wouldn't they say whatever they have to say to trash this guy? There's no doubt about it in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. The, the, the thing I wanted to ask you as the scholar that you are is that the uh, person I was listening to, and I don't want to say the name because this is yeah. your show, uh, but I do respect him as well, but he made the point that you can't commit treason unless you're at war. And as the scholar that you are, I wanted to get your thoughts on well, that. Well, that, that's true, but what's war? Cyber warfare is war. But it yes, doesn't right. matter. The president hasn't committed treason. These clowns on TV, these clowns in Congress, uh, they throw that word around uh, uh, because, uh, you know, they're drawing attention to themselves. now. But we've reached a point in this country where anything goes when it comes to Trump. You can say absolutely anything about him, about his family, about his finances. And, of course, it is the media that gives uh, these fools the, uh, the microphones and the cameras through which to do it. 
I, I think the media have done permanent damage to themselves. Not Trump. Trump's not a threat to free, the freedom of the press. Trump hasn't done anything to undermine freedom of the press. It's still there. The press undermines freedom of the press because they're frauds. Agreed. All, all right, Curtis, thank you for your call, my friend. They're frauds. Jake Tapper is not a reporter. He was a Democrat activist who worked for Handgun Control Inc., who worked for Marjorie Mezvinsky, or whatever her name was, as a, uh, as a uh, communications director, whatever he was. Now he pretends he's a media type. But, of course, we see right through him. Uh, you can go through the whole bunch of them. Chuck Todd used to work for Tom Harkin, and his wife's a big Democrat activist. So there you have it. When we come back, I have a special guest. A really cool guest. Somebody I like a whole lot. But you'll have to be here to hear. I'll be right back. More logic than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. I'm sure you've been watching the uh, immigration fiasco play out over the past few weeks. And uh, if you're watching the mainstream media coverage, you think President Trump is sending out henchmen to kidnap illegal aliens and send them to internment camps. Oh, it's sick out there. The liberals hate Trump so much they're willing to bypass the truth completely in favor of their narrative. Now, they can't let it go, but fortunately on CRTV, Conservative Review TV, we're bringing some sanity to these storylines. We're not going to carry the water for the president, but we're definitely going to stand up for the president when he's doing things the right way, which is often. We've mentioned this recently on the show, but right now, for a limited time, we're offering all of our listeners a free 30-day trial of CRTV, which gets you Levin TV, and that's the point. You can't afford to be naive in times like these. And, there, and where else are you going to go for honest coverage? There's no other place you'll get the truth like this, unfiltered and uncensored, from all of our hosts. So give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-538-4688. And we'll get you set up within five minutes. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. I have on my show, maybe for the first time, maybe the second time, the judge, no, not that one, the real one, Judge Janine Pirro, with a magnificent new book, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, The Case Against the Anti-Trump, what is it, Conspiracy, Coup. Judge, how are you, my friend? I am terrific, and uh, I must tell you, Mark, that uh, I know my mother's listening because she always listens to your show, and I am, I am delighted to be with you tonight. Thank you. What, what a sweetheart. Your mother and you. And, you know, my wife and I met you in Israel, and you're a very lovely lady. Oh, now, well, thank you. Uh, we are allowed to say that, aren't we? Yes, I think uh, we yeah. are. Yeah, and my mother right. gives you permission, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, are, you are a star on Fox, and one of the reasons you're a star is you bring a lot of clarity to issues. And you always have. As a prosecutor, as a judge, and now as a star on TV, you bring a lot of clarity to issues. Liars, leakers, and liberals. Let me ask you this. Who do you consider the biggest lying leaker liberal out there? Well, I'll tell you, there are so many to choose from, Mark, that, uh, you know, I'd have to think about it. But, but 
you know, when I look at people who have committed themselves to uh, to justice, to law and order, to you know the the you know the the epitome of what uh, our justice system is about, I think they're probably the worst. And that would be uh, a James Brennan, uh, uh, John Brennan, James Clapper, uh, James Comey, uh, all of them. But you know, it's not just them. There is a whole left right now that is marching to that same beat, Mark, and it's like they've lost their collective minds. They're blowing their collective gasket. It is. It's so frightening. There are so many of them. And in my book, I mean, I talk about them. Uh, th- there are so many. I mean, you've got people who are leaking. Uh, James Comey, the head of the FBI, says he never leaked. Then you've got Peter Strzok. I mean, this guy is lied. He's lied before Congress. So is Comey. And they do it with an arrogance and a sense that they are better than we are and that they know what's good for us. It's frightening. And for someone like me, who spent three decades as a prosecutor, a judge and a DA, someone who believes that justice is blind, what we are seeing now in America is something like I never thought I would see. And that's why I wrote the book. I I know right and wrong, and I know crime, and I know a con when I see it. And these liars and leakers have been conning the American people, and Donald Trump came at just the right time. And they are, i got to tell you, the incoming every day, uh, Mark, I don't know how he takes it, but he does. I don't either. <clears throat> Even this latest round where uh, they say he's committed treason. Yeah. Now, the punishment for treason is death. That's right. Are these people nuts? They certainly yeah. sound nuts to me. Well, you know what? Um, they are nuts, and they are so hateful. And you know what's amazing? I mean, Democrats have been able to sell us such a bill of goods. And it's not just Democrats. I'm going to take that back. I'm going to talk about the left, all right? I'm going to talk about the progressives, the people who want to be socialists. I mean, they've convinced us for so long that they're the people who understand everyone. They've got, you know, this big tent that they've got for everyone to be a part of when in truth if you say anything they don't agree with they'll shut you down the left is there to shut us down and they call us fascists they criticize christians and people who cling to god and guns well as i talk about in the book i'm guilty i'm proud and guilty that i believe in god and i have guns i mean what's happening to america and, you know, poor Donald Trump, you know, he signed up for it. And as you know, I've known him for many, many years. He said to me once, he said, you know, Janine, I signed up for this. My kids didn't. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the hate and the spite is something that is out of control. But like the people in 2016, I think we're going to see 2018 be totally different than uh, we generally expected in the uh, midterm of a president's first term. I think he, we're going to do well. Although, you know, Russia and all this lunacy has uh, certainly created an issue. You know, it seems like. One issue gets really hot, then it dies down. Then there's the next one right behind, and it dies down. There's the next one right behind that. What happened to Stormy Daniels? You get my point. So the point is, it's 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 hot. It goes for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Internment camps, concentration camps with with immigrants, and then and now uh, and now Crystal Knock. I mean, unbelievable what people are saying about this president. 
Well, and you know what? It is who's been better to Israel than President Trump? You want to tell me Barack Obama, Susan Rice, and all of them? Barack tried to prevent Netanyahu from coming here. It was the State Department that sent money to Israel. Everybody wants to say, "Oh, this is terrible that Russia meddled." Well, you're darn right, it's terrible. But you think this spy thing just started this year? I mean, people have been spying on each other and trying to get themselves involved in other people's elections for decades, and and people know it. But no, we're going to blame Donald Trump for this. Donald Trump, who was the person who created a counterintelligence investigation based on nothing and then testifies before Congress and won't answer a question as to whether or not that investigation started before July 31. And then when he says, oh, I now have permission, I forgot. These people are liars and they're leakers and they are conspirators. They are colluding to take down our democracy. How, Judge Pirro, how, how do they get away with the prior administration pointing fingers at everybody else but not themselves? All this occurred on their watch, whether it's the CIA, the FBI, DOJ, the White House, Obama on down. They allowed the Russians to interfere and they didn't even inform the American people till well after the general election. They are the, or if you will, the perpetrators in allowing this to happen, and Trump world and the rest of us are the victims. Well, you know what? Can you imagine? So Donald Trump's on stage with Putin. Donald Trump knows that Putin is probably the biggest threat in terms of nuclear power. You know, they say he, did, he wasn't tough enough on Putin. He didn't do this. He did. What was he supposed to do? Punch the guy? Take a gun out and shoot him? I don't understand it. If Donald Trump took out a reset button mark the way Hillary and the Obama administration did, they'd string him up. I mean, mm-hmm. it is so hypocritical. It's so it's so unfair. And you know, that's why Americans need to understand and be tuned into what's going on. You know, Judge, it wasn't that long ago when the Democrats and the left loved the Russians. And they loved the old Soviet Union. And they undermined Reagan every step of the way, whether it was the SDI Strategic Defense Initiative or Pershing II missiles in Europe or the defense budget. They were undermining him every step of the way. I think we should put them to the test and increase spending right now on Strategic Defense Initiative against so- uh, Russian missiles and see where they stand. Because you and I both know that's not the issue for them. They have, they have 100 years of supporting uh, the regime in Russia in one form or another. They so hate Donald Trump, it just doesn't matter, does it? No, it doesn't. And the, the, the fear that I have is that, you know, when they are in such a frenzy and when the mainstream media is there to prop them up, you know, Americans who are working hard, trying to make a living, paying their taxes, taking care of their kids, you know, they don't have the ability, as you and I do, to see through all of these contradictions. Instinctively, they know it. That's why they elected Donald Trump in 2016. But I worry because these people are so committed, the Soros-funded individuals who marched in Washington on the inauguration day. And I was in the middle of that parade, and i got to tell you, if it weren't for two Navy SEALs with me, uh, uh, these people were militant, Mark. Mm -hmm. They are militant. Now, the left is always violent. Now, how long did it take you to write this book? Well, it took me, I say, about four months. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but on my show, Justice, as you know, I mean, I, I do an open, and every time I didn't open, if anybody watches my show, I think they get that I do it with passion. I desperately believe what I say, and as a trial lawyer, uh, you know, I put my evidence where my allegations are, and I do that in my opens. And then I said, you know what, Janine? This is more than just a story or an open about this issue. This is a connected web. The connect these dots, and you'll see the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Justice. They were all in cahoots to make sure that the establishment kept the power. And they are the swamp. And Mark, it matters not if you're Republican or Democrat. What matters is if you're part of the team where one hand washes the other, then let's get rid of the outsider. But the American people right now, I think, get it. And we have to make sure that we continue to keep them advised of what is going on. And that's why I wrote the book, Liars, Leakers, and Liberals. Did you did you get your copy yet, Mark? I do have my copy, and I've oh, been working my way through it. By the way, it's a beautiful cover, too. It's a wonderful book, and I think Thank it's you. the perfect book to, for people to take during the summer, wherever they are, read it on the beach, around the pool, or wherever, and make sure everybody sees the cover. <laughs> that's very, very important. Well, I now, stood in front of the White House when I did it, literally, and I must tell you, they did a good job because it was raining, and they got the raindrops out. <laughs> but I, I really want Levinites out there to get a copy of the book by Judge Janine Pirat. And you talk about your ratings. Your ratings are great. I mean, wow. the, the, it's, it's tough on a Saturday show, you know. Well, thank God. Uh, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm grateful. You know, my mom taught me to work hard and uh, to just say the truth. And that's what I do uh, every week on my show. And I, I'm very grateful. I'm grateful to your listeners. I'm grateful to people like you, Mark. Uh, for my viewers, uh, you know, we have a job to do. We do God's work, i got to tell you. And mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a long fight, but it's going to be worth it in the end. The book is Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, The Case Against the Anti-Trump Conspiracy, which is a coup. And, um, yes. folks, you can get it on Amazon.com right now. You can get it on Mark Levin Show Facebook, uh, Mark Levin Show Twitter. We have the link right there. You can get it. You can get the book and give it to somebody else if you, uh, if you have other members of your family or friends who, who I think will be very, very interested. You really put all the pieces together. You really do. So it's like a one-shop deal right there, the liars, leakers, and liberals. Judge, I want to wish you all the best, and God bless you, my friend. Uh, well, thank you, Mark, and it was, uh, it was an honor to be on your show. You take care. You too. Thank you. She is a great lady. My wife and I met her, and she in Israel is just terrific, just terrific, and smart as can be. You're going to love this book. Trust me. Judge Janine Pirro, that's who that was. Liars, Leakers, and Liberals, The Case Against the Anti-Trump Conspiracy. Again, I want to strongly encourage you to grab your copy right now. We'll be right back. Mark in. You don't owe thousands to the IRS, do you? Probably not. So you don't know the depths of depression, sleeplessness, and anxiety my listener endured before taking my advice and calling Optima Tax Relief. He owed over $40,000 to the IRS with no way to pay, much less the interest and penalties that compound daily. He was in IRS crosshairs, aggressive collection calls, threatening letters. If you want to know what Optima did for my listener... 
and how little he ended up paying the IRS in the end, go to OptimaTaxRelief.com. OptimaTaxRelief.com. Watch his verified video and prepare to be impressed. Now, picture yourself with your IRS nightmare in your rear view. That's what Optima does. They know that behind every tax problem are honest, hardworking people, families, homes, savings, and paychecks that need protection. And uh, they've resolved over a half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. But why put yourself and your family through this? Bring it to an end. Visit my friends at OptimaTaxRelief.com or call 800-499-6300. What did I say? 800-499-6300. Lost my eyesight there. All right. Very good. Let's see. Oh, by the way, I'll be on Hannity in a half hour. If you're listening live, I hope you are. Better than listening live than listening dead. Be on Hannity at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. I have to fly out of the bunker and get to the TV studio bunker. Let us go to Steve, Rockland, California, the Mark Levin app. Go. Oh, yes. Uh, hello, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, as you I bet. mentioned to your screener, uh, I lived uh, for most of my adult life in the People's Republic of Park Slope in Brooklyn, which uh, was Chuck Schumer's uh, house district. Mm-hmm. It was kind of gerrymandered to include him. And I find his concern for victims of dictatorship to be truly touching because uh, I would like a nickel for every uh, Guevara and Fidel Castro t shirt mm-hmm. that I saw. In, on the streets of Park Slope, and uh, also uh, all the um, Danny Ortega Nicaragua T-shirts and sympathy. Uh, so it, it, it is truly touching uh, that he does have have this concern, and uh, they conveniently forget all the sympathy they had for the uh, various dictators. And uh, I personally, I spent an afternoon talking to uh, someone who knew uh, Yuri Andropov personally. And that was Bela Kirali. Just, just so people of. know, that was one of the uh, dictators of uh, the Soviet Union. Go ahead. Yes, that's right. And, and people uh, on the left there were very sympathetic to him because he answered a letter from a 10-year-old girl in Maine or someplace like that. And there was an mm-hmm. op-ed in the Wall Street Journal uh, said, I knew uh, Yuri Andropov personally. He was not very nice. Yuri Andropov was the Soviet ambassador to Hungary in 1956 during the Soviet Revol- uh, Hungarian the Revolution. Invasion. Yes. And then same thing in Prague in 1968. But the person who knew him personally was Bela Kirali or Kirai Bela. All right, sir. We got it the first time, and I much appreciate your information. Thank you very much. Patty, Poughkeepsie, New York, the great WGDJ. Go. Hey, Mark. It's finally nice to talk to you. I, I respect what you say. You're a person, you're a man who's who believe in what they he say, you're strong, and I enjoy your show. What I want to get to the point is about with uh, President Trump, I'm really sick and tired of the people putting him down. Uh, to me, I'm not saying he's perfect, but I think he's trying to make America be an America again. A lot of things was has been going on. This is the first time in presidency I've seen someone being treated this way. It's, no, I have never seen this ever. And I don't believe it's ever happened, certainly not in modern history. They're trying to cripple his presidency. They were trying to do that right out of the box. He's nothing 
like what they say he is. He's not a dictator. He's not a fascist. He hasn't sent up uh, concentration camps or internment camps. He's not a traitor. He hasn't committed treason. Um, his press conference wasn't like Crystal Knock or 9-11 or the attack on Pearl Harbor. And the media and these surrogates that are pushing this agenda are disgusting. They're the ones who are disgusting. Thank you for your call, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Please check out Levin TV tonight. It's a really good one. And check out Hannity in 30 minutes. I will be there wearing my finest. See you tomorrow. God bless you.